Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. It is the Xander's Facts Podcast. Hey y'all, what is going on? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts Podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. We are on episode 45, big 45 of the podcast this week on Wednesday, December 15th. 2021. Thank you all for listening to episode 45 of the podcast. And remember, if you've liked the previous 44 episodes of the podcast and you think you're going to like the 45th episode of Xander's Facts Podcast, remember, click that follow button on the podcast, download the podcast, rate the podcast, review the podcast, five stars, whatever, and then go on all your socials because you're already on them 24 hours a day. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Xander's Facts, Xander with a Z. And remember, most importantly, you got to tell all your friends about the podcast. Spread the facts is what we call it around here. Tell all your friends. Xander's Facts Podcast. And we got a big podcast that you might want to tell your friends about this week because we are talking about PowerPoint. Everyone loves PowerPoint. And treason. But, you know, PowerPoint. Oh, my goodness. So. What are you talking about? We're switching gears. We're heading back to politics this week because there's a bunch of stuff that's been happening over the last few days that I thought we needed to talk about on this podcast. So we're going to talk about it right now because. Over the last couple of days, we've been learning some new information about January 6th. As you may know, that was when the insurrection occurred. That was kind of a bad day. We're kind of learning about the events that led up to that, what was going on, which is still important to know now that you're like, Sandra, that was a year away. It's still important to figure out what was going on because there are people who need to be held accountable for inciting an insurrection. Trying to overthrow democracy! Let's talk about it, because over the last couple of days, there's been new information that has come out from the U.S. House Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. They have been working overtime over these last few months. They were established, the committee was established back on July 1st of this year. Since then, they've interviewed over 250 individuals, and they've sent out 51 subpoenas to investigate the January 6th insurrection, what was going on. Remember, we've talked about this on this podcast when it was set up. Remember, that committee is composed of seven Democrats and two Republicans after the minority leader in the House, Kevin McCarthy, pulled his five nominees after the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, denied a couple of them from appearing on the committee because they literally voted to overturn the election in the Congress, so maybe they shouldn't have been on the committee. Who would? But anyway, the two Republicans that are on the committee are Liz Cheney from Wyoming, Adam Kinzinger from Illinois. We've talked about them a bunch. Liz Cheney is the vice chair of the committee. So this committee has sent out 51 subpoenas to individuals and organizations, and one of those subpoenas was sent out to the former White House Chief of Staff under Donnie Boy, Mark Meadows. Uh-oh. Meadows was subpoenaed back in November, and after he was subpoenaed, he appeared to be cooperating with the committee. He gave the committee information that has now been made available publicly. Talk about that in a second. However, last week, he suddenly stopped cooperating and has now filed a lawsuit against the committee, and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. In response, Kinzinger, the congressman who we talked about just a minute ago, believed that Meadows was trying to delay the committee's proceedings. Why would he do that? What does he have to hide? Chill out. Well, because of Meadows and his recent actions, we have been able to find out a lot more about what was going on before and during 
January 6th and the insurrection, because when he was cooperating with the committee, he gave them a 38-page PowerPoint that had been circulating among Trump White House officials, Republican members of Congress, and other Trump allies before January 6th. The PowerPoint, Clippy! We'll talk about that more in a second, get into what was actually in that, because pretty crazy stuff was in there. But Meadows has also been in the news recently because he wrote a book. Well, he didn't write a book. You know he didn't write the book. Gash facts. But he said he wrote a book that details his experiences in the Trump White House. And excerpts of this book have revealed that Trump tested positive for COVID just before a presidential debate he had back with Biden last year. And then he tested negative. Remember all that fuss was about? That was from this book. We found that out. So after those excerpts were released from this book, Donnie Boy got mad and called them fake news. And then Meadows got scared and also called them fake news. So he said his own book was fake news. What? Meaning, I didn't write the book. Uh, my name's on it. Fake news. I don't know. Also, he was kissing some butt. So, after all that happened, the chairman of the committee, Benny Thompson, congressman from Mississippi, a Democrat, said that the committee did not hear again from Meadows. And because the committee did not get the necessary information or clarifications they required from Meadows, after he stopped cooperating, the committee on Monday night of this week voted unanimously 9-0 to recommend holding Mark Meadows in criminal contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. That is a crime. The vote was then sent to the full House of Representatives on Tuesday, where the vote was almost all along party lines. But the House voted to hold Meadows in criminal contempt of Congress. And this is not the first time the committee and the House have voted to hold an individual in contempt of Congress in regards to the January 6th insurrection investigation, like former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon was also held in contempt, and then he was criminally charged by the Justice Department. So his trial is now set for July. So Mark Meadows is apparently going down that path, might get some jail time, you know. I don't know why he'd want to get a jail, but okay. So there's all that. And then on Monday night, when the vote was being held for the committee, the nine members, we also learned some more information. Because Congresswoman Liz Cheney read several text messages that were sent to Meadows from many people in Trump's orbit while the insurrection was taking place. And several of those texts came from none other than multiple Fox News hosts. Oh, including Sean Hannity, who asked Meadows if Trump could, quote, make a statement, unquote, and, quote, ask people to leave the Capitol, unquote. Oh, Sean Hannity, a brave man. Do better. Then Fox and Friends co-host Brian Kilmeade texted, quote, please get him on TV, unquote, referring to Trump and warned that the violence was destroying everything you have accomplished. Interesting. Laura Ingram. Oh, another one. Texted Meadows, quote, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy, unquote. Oh, his legacy. All of us. Of course, by all of us, you know she wasn't talking about the whole country. She was talking about the Fox News and the Republicans. And oh my gosh, it's hurting us all. Did you know that? No. And then finally, a text from Trump's own son, Donald Trump Jr., texted not his father, but his chief of staff, Mark Meadows. He said he's got to condemn this sugar honey iced tea ASAP. 
Even though he did not say sugar honey iced tea, by the way. Good to know. And then Meadows responded, quote, I'm pushing it hard, I agree, unquote. So basically restating the fact that Trump knew this was happening, was watching it happen in the White House, and did nothing about it. Ah, peaceful protest. The Bulwark also reported that Trump Jr. had to continue texting Meadows as the senior Trump was not responding. Trump Jr. message, quote, we need an oval address. He has to lead now. It has gone too far and gotten out of hand, unquote. Well, looking at all those, it would appear that Fox News hosts would have talked about all that information and condemned the violence on the TV, right? How'd that go? Well, no, because none of them talked about the messages on their shows Monday night and Tuesday morning. They didn't bring up the text messages, even though Sean Hannity had Mark Meadows on his show Monday night. They didn't talk about it. And in fact, on the night of January 6th, told lies about what happened, like Laura Ingram, who said on the night of January 6th that it was Antifa who stormed the Capitol and that it was only about 30 people who was small. Yeah, Antifa probably, they did it, you know, whatever. I don't think so. You know, basic common sense Fox News knowledge. So we all learned about that. All those text messages on Monday night, they were read aloud in front of the committee. And we found out about all of those because Meadows had sent them in before he stopped cooperating with the committee. So we talked about that PowerPoint. Clippy! Well, Clippy's not a thing in PowerPoint anymore, so I doubt they use Clippy. Huh. But... The PowerPoint that was sent to the committee by Meadows is a 38-page PowerPoint that was given to Meadows by email on January 5th. And we know that because the committee got a bunch of his electronic messages, just like we got the text messages. They have a bunch more text messages. They have a bunch more emails from Meadows that the committee has, which they are planning to release publicly later on. So hopefully we'll know what was going on before, during, and after the insurrection inside of the White House, because that might be decent information to learn what was actually going on, what they were thinking of doing. Oh, because I'm sure they would never do anything bad. I mean, oh my goodness, how could they? Please! But we're talking about this PowerPoint, because this 38-page PowerPoint titled, quote, Election Fraud, Foreign Interference, and Options for 6 Jan, unquote. This was going around Trump's orbit. A bunch of Republican members of Congress had been briefed about it. A bunch of people in Trump's orbit in the White House, Trump's cronies, his friends, all those people, they all got this PowerPoint. And some of them even made the PowerPoint. They had the skills to make a PowerPoint. So what's so special about this PowerPoint? Tell me, tell me. Well... In this presentation, it is detailed the plan that some of Trump's people had to overturn the election. Because, as you will remember, there was an election back in November of 2020. Donald Trump did not get the most votes, electoral votes, or popular votes in the election. So he lost. But he didn't want to lose. What is he going to do? Well, here's what he's going to do. He's going to do everything that's in this PowerPoint to try to stay in office. And all begins with one of the first slides. It is titled Talking Points. It includes four main points for the Trump team to talk about. First, the Chinese systematically gained control over our election system, constituting a national security emergency. Oh, really? Nope. Number one, that is false. Number two, the electronic voting machines were compromised and cannot be trusted to provide an accurate vote count. Nope. That is also false. Number three, to restore confidence, the failsafe of counting the paper ballots must be used to determine who won the election, 
of president, senators, congressional representatives. Nope. And number four, hand counts reported by the media are not really hand counts and easily subverted. Nope. Okay, well, all that's just junk. And that's their main talking point. So let's get into the nitty gritties of this, what they were trying to do. So next slide is titled Summary of Domestic Voter Fraud. And it includes the states where Trump challenged the count and what actions they believe were taken. They believe there were double voters, deceased voters, out-of-state and out-of-county voters, non-citizen or felon voters, fake ballots and ballot stuffing, or other illegal ballots violation of state law. And they believe that all these occurred in only eight states. Michigan, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Georgia, Wisconsin, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. All states that Trump lost, by the way. So... Really? All the states Trump won, those didn't happen. But in these eight states, those things did happen, and they disenfranchised Donnie Boy. Well, actually, that's not true. Because in Florida, I think we just found this out today, that three residents of the villages in Florida were just arrested for voting more than once, but they voted for Trump more than once. So they tried to. Yeah, sorry about that. So one, it helped Trump. Two, it was in Florida, so none of those make any sense. Overrated. But another slide alleges that, quote, China has leveraged financial, non-governmental, and foreign allies, including Venezuela, to acquire influence and control U.S. voting infrastructure in at least 28 states, unquote. So at least 28 states. Apparently, China has taken over the vote process. So now China and Venezuela have controlled the election. So now, oh my gosh. So what do we do? What do they do? Not we, they. What are they going to do? Well, a slide titled Recommendations gives some ideas. Like, brief senators and congressmen on foreign interference. Then, declare national security emergency. Are you stupid? Foreign influence and control of electronic voting systems. Declare electronic voting in all states invalid. Legal and genuine paper ballot counts or constitutional remedy delegated to Congress. So those were the recommendations. Some of them, I don't even know if they made any sense. But the next step, apparently, was to then disqualify millions of ballots. According to this slide titled, Next Step, Count the Paper Ballots. When you first disqualify all the counterfeit ballots and then count all the remaining legal paper ballots nationwide... You restore confidence in the election outcome, it says, regardless of the cheating and stuffing of the ballot box by eliminating the counterfeit mail-in and absentee ballots, Trump almost certainly wins. So almost certainly. A sure thing. But additionally, U.S. senators, U.S. House races, U.S. state and local races now turn to Republican. Oh, so this remedies the problem quickly and easily by eliminating counterfeit ballots and subtracting them from current totals to see if races change or recounting remaining legal ballots by hand to see who wins races. Either way, we quickly and easily find out who the elected leaders really are and restore confidence in the outcome! Exclamation point. That was the worst thing I ever heard. That is what that says. I'm not kidding you. The electronic voting machines are shifting votes from Trump to Biden, it says. The election fraud perpetuated used the major brands of machines Dominion and SES and S, Smartmatic, I guess, which then sued Newsmax and No Way In and the Trump campaign and all those because that actually didn't happen. But they were saying that those machines did that. So you kind of can't say that when those machines actually weren't doing that. 
But then it says the foreign actors had to shift votes across the country in all areas in order to achieve their objectives, Biden victory. They had to shift votes in traditionally Republican strongholds in order to deliver a Biden win because they could jam no more into the major cities' fraud votes. That was dumb. So all that was the next step. Making sure that all the Biden votes didn't count. Or all the electronic votes, apparently. They were trying to get rid of the electronic votes that switched from Trump to Biden, even though there was no evidence that the votes were switching because they had to find something. I mean, Trump had to win. Come on. And as part of this plan, in the next slide, count the ballots top-level plan, the military would then get involved. And that sounds like fun. As the slide says, a trusted lead counter will be appointed with authority from the POTUS to direct the actions of select federalized National Guard units and support from DOJ, DHS, and other U.S. government agencies as needed to complete a recount of the legal paper ballots for the federal elections in all 50 states. U.S. Marshals will immediately secure all ballots and provide a protective perimeter around the locations in all 50 states. DHS will use their emergency response logistic capabilities to support the effort. They will integrate the IT support that will include separating out the legal from the counterfeit ballots and communications with all supporting the effort and cameras, possibly cell phones, imaging each and every ballot. These images will be distributed to the internet. The federalized National Guard in each state will be supplied detailed processes and will be responsible for counting each legitimate paper ballot. Teams made up of three. First couple counties will be five. National Guard members will do the counting. As the counting occurs, each ballot will be imaged and the images placed on the internet so any U.S. citizen can view them and count the ballots themselves. The process will be completely transparent. Are you done? So, we're going to put the images of the ballots online so you can keep recounting them. But before we do that, we're going to put the counterfeit ballots, or the ballots that say Biden, to the side. And then we're going to count the Trump ballots and say, oh my gosh, everyone voted for Trump, this is amazing! So that's what the plan was. And then finally, a slide titled Options for 6 Jan details what the plan for the vice president was. Remember, the vice president, who at the time was Mike Pence, he was getting pressured by Trump and his buddies to overturn the election, but he wouldn't do it. So the options for him, according to this slide, were VP Pence seats Republican electors over the objections of Democrats in states where fraud occurred. VP Pence rejects the electors from states where fraud occurred, causing the election to be decided by remaining electoral votes. VP Pence delays the decision in order to allow for a vetting and subsequent counting of all the legal paper ballots. And then the last slide includes a handwritten message saying the 2020 U.S. election made in China. Bold move there. Because of course it does. So there's your PowerPoint. So that PowerPoint was collected from a January 5th email and while there has been skepticism about whether it was actually taken seriously and made and all that stuff, there has been reporting from the Washington Post over the weekend that seems to have clarified that it was taken seriously inside of the White House. Because there are Post reports that a retired U.S. Army colonel, Phil Waldron, spoke with Mark Meadows maybe eight to ten times and briefed several members of Congress on the eve of January 6th. So yeah, we thought the insurrection was bad. But those in Trump world actually had a plan to use the military to invalidate millions of ballots that were going for Biden because they thought they were changed, which did not happen. Another fact. All because their guy did not win. After all, that didn't work. And the insurrection was then a last-ditch attempt at taking over the presidency. 
Because all that sounds like democracy, doesn't it? That's just full-blown democracy. If our guy doesn't lose, storm the capital, stop the ballots. If he got ballots, stop those ballots from being counted. Bro, chill. Because, you know, that all sounds like perfectly clean, fun American democracy, doesn't it? So it's kind of a good thing, that last slide, that Pence actually knew what his job was, according to, you know, the Constitution and certified the results, because if he didn't, apparently these were going to happen. Oh no. So, even though Mikey is kind of a woo-woo, he actually did the right thing there. But, let me just tell y'all something. Big fact incoming! Because y'all think this is in the rearview mirror, we don't have to worry about this anymore, it's all gone, Joe Biden's president, it's all over. Well, you're wrong. Because this is definitely not over. Okay, I mean, this could literally just be the beginning, because the plan to take over is already in full force as we speak. Sandra, you're being stupid. There's no plan to take over in full force. I believe that there is, because I have done lots of research, lots of reading, lots of looking at PowerPoints over the last few days. And as mentioned previously on this podcast, there are multiple states that have passed laws in the last few months that have restricted the right to vote, as well as have taken power away from election officials and have put that power with Republican-led legislatures. States like Georgia and Arizona, which went to the Democrats in 2020, along with Texas, which had its closest presidential vote margin in decades, are seeing bills passed by the Republican governors and Republican legislatures that are limiting access to voting and putting power in the hands of the legislatures. In Wisconsin, where the governor is a Democrat, but the legislature is Republican, the Republican legislature is trying to override the Democratic governor and take control of the state's election system. And of course, in Wisconsin, Scott Walker was their governor a while ago. He lost in 2018 when the Democrat was going to come in in the lame duck period. The Republican legislature actually took steps to take power away from the governor's position because the governor was then going to be a Democrat. So, you know, they're kind of sore losers up in Wisconsin. Ha ha, loser! So all that's going on. And we've detailed those bills on this podcast. We talked about that Texas bill that is taking away from voting rights. So why would Republicans do this? Well, I mean, what, did, what would they do this for? Well, it's the plan. First off, they are limiting access to voting in areas with high minority populations. They're closing polling places. They're limiting hours that polling places are open. They're closing ballot drop boxes. And they are disregarding mail-in voting. Whoops. Those are among all the measures that are being put in place. And that is an effort to stop Democrats from casting ballots. Because as we saw in states like Arizona and Georgia in 2020, when more people vote, Democrats tend to do better. Because a lot of people said to stand in line for hours, all day on election day, people stood in line to vote. But some people can't do that. So maybe they'll send their ballot in by mail, which has proven to be perfectly fine. Almost no fraud with that. But no, you have to go stand in line for 20 hours and cast your ballot, even though you can't do that because you have a job. That makes you minimum wage. Oh yeah, and we don't want to raise the minimum wage or give you paid time off. No. Too bad. So that's going on. Second. Republicans are willing to take control of elections in their states 
in order to take the process out of the hands of nonpartisan election officials. If you remember, in the days after the election, when we were still trying to find out who was going to win, we were watching all those counters, people counting election officials in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, all these places who were counting their ballots. And because it was COVID and all the mail-in ballots, and because a lot of states, their laws said that they can't count ballots until after the polls have closed, it took a while to count all those ballots. So then all the people got upset. Why is it taking so long? There's fraud! No! And we had Republicans try to put in poll watchers so that they thought things were going well, and the election officials did the things that they were supposed to do, but apparently you're not supposed to do the things you're supposed to do because Trump's supposed to win. Slow down there. So now Republicans want to take that power out of the election officials' hands and put it in their own power because after being fed up that their baseless claims of fraud were false— Republicans are now trying to take control of ballot counting so that they can throw out ballots that don't go their way and decide on their own winners of elections. And if you don't believe me, just go back to the PowerPoint where it just said, get rid of all the fraudulent votes. And what do you think fraudulent votes means? It doesn't mean votes that say Trump on it. It meant votes that said Biden and Democrats on it. Nice fact. And what's more, they've gotten tens of millions of Americans to believe them that the 2020 election was riddled with fraud and that Trump was the righteous winner. Huh. It's not democratic. It's not true, first off. So tens of millions of Americans have now been brainwashed into believing those lies. And it's not democratic. It's authoritarian. It's autocratic. It's draconian. It's dictatorial. It's totalitarian. It's all those things, but it's not democratic. And we have gotten to the point where in America... An entire, nearly an entire political party believes that they have been rigged out of an election victory when, in fact, they lost by a significant margin. And you don't think, you're saying, oh, please, the whole party's not complicit. What are you talking about? Well, out of 211 Republicans in the House back in January, only 10 of them voted to impeach Trump for incitement of insurrection. And then in February, only seven out of 50 Republican senators voted to convict him of that charge. In November, last month, an NPR poll found that while a majority of Americans trust that elections are fair, only 36% of Republicans believe so. What's more, 62% of Americans said that they will trust the 2024 election regardless of who wins. 82% of Democrats believe that, 33% of Republicans, only 33% of Republicans will trust the 2024 election regardless of who wins. Disrespectful! So you're right. It's not 100%, but it is two-thirds, in some cases over, two-thirds of the Republican Party who believe that Biden is not a legitimate president, Trump is the righteous president, and that whatever the result is in 2024, I won't believe it unless it is my guy who has won. Because these people have been on the Facebook, they've been on the Breitbart, they've been on the Fox, they've been on the Newsmax, and they hear these things that are like, oh my gosh, how could the Democrats do this to us? They brought us out of an election victory, oh my gosh! But it's not true. They've been brainwashed. So, 
It's pretty clear that the base of the Republican Party, which continues to get increasingly white, increasingly rural, and increasingly uneducated, as we see by demographics, it's clear that the base of the party has been brainwashed into believing that the free and fair Democratic elections are not free and fair because their candidate does not always win. And because they're into their own world, their own bubbles, everyone around them believes Trump won. So he must have won! There's not 330 million Americans out there. Come on, it's just us! Trump won! Come on, what are you talking about? No! And in an increasingly diverse country, white people will make up less than 50% of all Americans by 2045. In fact, in 2020, there were less white people in America than there were in 2019. That's a fact! So, the Republican base is kind of getting smaller and smaller. Because there's also people who are just like, enough with this crap, man, I'm leaving. This is freaking crazy. So, they're shrinking. And the leaders of the party, Donald Trump, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, Mr. Turtle, they're all doing whatever they can to cling to and take all the power that they can, because they don't want to adapt. I mean, it'd be easy. Just adapt with the country. Invite more minorities in. Say more progressive things, because the country's getting more progressive. But apparently they don't want to do that. Even though their base is shrinking, they just want to take all the power they can. But how can they do that when they're losing their base? Well, if we just, you know, say, whatever, democracy we become an authoritarian country. Trump is our new supreme ruler. Well, there you go. They don't care about democracy, and they've shown that they certainly don't care about what you all think. All of us. They don't care. They care about them. They care about their righteousness. They care about their money. They care about their power. They care about how they're perceived. Well, actually, they're going to be perceived terribly. But if they're in the history books as the leader, they'll be fine. What a wimp. So... It's kind of time to stop saying it's both sides. That's garbage, okay? The Democratic Party's got some issues, and I got some issues with that party, okay? People think that I love them. Well, they got issues. But here's the thing. There is only one party right now in America that is actively blasting lies to their base and trying to take power, not in a democratic way, and are trying to end democracy in America. And I don't think it's the Democrats who are doing that. Despite what they're going to try and tell you, that's not what the facts say. And Xander's facts kind of knows what the facts are. So I don't think it's the Democrats. Xander's facts! So it's kind of time to stop the both sides garbage. Because it's not both sides. Both sides are corrupt They're bad, they're rich, they're old, they're, you know, whatever. But on this issue, which is probably the most important issue right now, it's not both sides. And that is why it is so important right now for Democrats who will have power, they have the House, they have the Senate, they have the White House, they have it right now, to take action to make sure that this doesn't happen. Because at the moment, there are many in the party who are not believing or they're waving aside the threats, including the president, Joe Biden. And that is a huge mistake. They should not be doing that. Because trust me, 
I was doing this as well. I was like, yeah, you're crazy. What are you talking about? This is America. This is a democracy. It's always going to be a democracy. Come on, what are you talking about? They can't do this. But as I keep digging and doing research and looking at what well-informed people are actually saying and what's going on out there, I'm kind of thinking like, yeah, this could happen. And if we don't do anything about it, it probably is going to happen. Because there's a lot of people out there who kind of don't care about democracy right now, who kind of don't care about your rights, who kind of don't care about your right to vote or your right to say whatever you want. So as I've learned more about this, listening to well-informed people, looking into this, reading well-informed articles with facts, fact, it's gotten me to make this podcast, actually, and send this message that the Republican Party in the United States of America is right now actively trying to destroy American democracy. Why? Why would they do that? What are you talking about, Xander? I think you're delusional. Good question. It's because they're not adapting to what the American electorate is saying and believing. Because as a whole, the American electorate is getting increasingly more liberal and progressive. Young people are much more likely to be liberal and progressive on issues than they are to be conservative. And that's worrying the Republican Party because they could easily adapt to it, but they're not. In fact, they're moving over to the far right. They're moving even more to the right when the country is moving to the left. So what are they going to do? Because they're not going to get as many votes. Here it comes! Well, they have figured out that that's going to happen. And that's okay to them. Because they're going to try to take power, not in a democratic way, but in an authoritarian way. So they found that the only way they can retain power is by spreading lies and conspiracy theories and disenfranchising those of their right to vote, something that is enshrined in the Constitution. By the way, all those things that were mentioned in that PowerPoint, I doubt any of those that they tried to say they could do were constitutional. I mean, I'm no constitutional expert, but all those ideas, all those theories, wildly unconstitutional. Let's just put it that way. They don't care. They don't care anymore. You can say that and they will look at you with a straight face and be like, yeah, and? I didn't ask that. They don't care about the Constitution anymore. If it gets in the way of them taking power, the Republicans would rip the Constitution into shreds in an instant. Dang. Like, they don't give a crap right now, okay? It's important to finally realize this. Well, there's actually time to do something about it, because there is still time to do something about it. While there is a whole party in this country who's going freaking crazy, we have got to pass the For the People Act in Congress. And don't remember what that is, because we've talked about it on this podcast. If you don't remember, episode 19 of this podcast back on June 9th. Seamless bug. We talked about that bill on this podcast. We spent a while detailing everything that was in that bill, ensuring easy access to vote, eliminating gerrymandering, and automatically qualifying every eligible American to vote. Those are just some of the items that are in that bill. It would instantly negate the Texas, the Arizona, the Wisconsin, the Georgia, all those laws, and it would ensure voting rights for everyone, no matter what state you live in. And if that state didn't follow that law, 
that's kind of illegal. So it wouldn't be recommended that they not follow what's in the act. But it's not law right now. Terrible. So it kind of needs to be passed. And it's not some wild, crazy, democratic overreach of government. Okay? That's not what people think. Because, as we saw on that podcast back in June, and now, large majorities of Americans support the bill being passed. 62% support the act in a May poll from Data for Progress, and the Southern Poverty Law Center found in May that 67% support the bill, with only 21% of Americans opposing the bill. That's a lot of numbers. And we found that in swing states, Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, larger margins support the bill. And in West Virginia, a majority support passing the bill. Why is West Virginia so important? Because Joe Manchin, as we've mentioned on this podcast, because... The bill has passed the House. The American people are clear that the act needs to pass. It has passed the House. But in the Senate, it would need 60 votes because there is a filibuster. And Republicans, surprisingly, I know, don't want the bill to be passed and have filibustered the bill because it needs 60 votes. There's only 50 Democrats. And there is really one man in the Senate who is stopping this bill from being passed, and that man is Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, because he is a staunch believer in the filibuster. And we've talked about the filibuster and how it's Jim Crow era BS, not good. That was a fact. And how it needs to be eliminated. But he is all about it, because he is all about the minority getting their say. And another thing is that the president, Joe Biden, has not really staked his claim to this issue. He hasn't really pressed it, which he needs to be doing because they're kind of being lazy about it. So Joe Manchin, Joe Biden, the Joes, they got to get off their high knees and start doing something because this bill kind of needs to be passed. But there is hope because right now, Joe Manchin and Democrats are discussing a carve out in the filibuster for voting rights, which would allow this bill to be passed and get sent to the president's desk where it would be signed and become law. Nice. So while the filibuster should not be there at all, this is one big step because this would get this law passed. There's other laws that we probably need to get passed too, but this one would be a good step. So all that talked about. Sander, I don't know what you're talking about. The Republicans would never do that. Well, I thought so too. I thought Trump would never get elected, but he did. I thought that there would never be an insurrection on the Capitol, but there was! You never know what's going to happen. I find your lack of fate disturbing. So, in summary, the Republican Party and Donald Trump have, are, and will bypass the Constitution and any other guardrails that are in their way in order to destroy democracy and instill themselves in power. Don't believe me? Just take a look at the PowerPoint, because it is on the internet right now. You can go read it and see what they were planning. That doesn't sound like free and fair elections to me. The evidence is clear as day. It is there in that PowerPoint, which you can go look up and read for yourself. Go do it. Plus, the January 6th House Committee that we talked about has said that there are several key individuals who are also cooperating with their investigation and that they have more information that is going to be revealed over the next few weeks and months. And hopefully it will so that the people who are actually behind this, who are actually planning this, who helped incite the insurrection, which happened, are held accountable. As in, like, locked up, put in jail, bye-bye, I don't want to see you again, ever. Go away 
forever. Bye-bye. And it really is a shame that it has gotten this far. We are talking about an entire political party in the United States of America. The United States of America has a two-major political party system. One of those major political parties is actively trying to destroy democracy. But that's where we're at now. And if you don't believe me, from all that evidence that I just laid out, well, I don't know how you made it this far in the podcast. But also, sorry, but I think you're kind of hopeless. Are you sure? And also keep listening to this podcast and download and rate and review and subscribe and all that stuff. But it's also important to encourage your lawmakers to support voting rights and not allow legislatures to control election systems because that is what they're trying to do. In Georgia, in Arizona, and Wisconsin, in 2024, here's what they will do. Here comes a fact! And let's just say it's Biden versus Trump again. If Biden wins those states, or one of those, or whatever, if he wins Arizona, for instance, the legislature could then say, no, you didn't. And they will appoint Trump electors to the electoral college voting that they have to actually vote for the president. So then, Arizona, more votes went to Biden, but no, we're going to send Trump electors to the Electoral College meeting. That's what they will do. That is what they are trying to do with these bills in Georgia, in Texas, in Wisconsin, in Arizona, and God forbid, if Democrats lose the state races in Michigan and Pennsylvania and other states in 2022, those states too. So they might not even need to do all the other stuff that they were talking about in that PowerPoint. They can just appoint other electors, and then Trump wins the Electoral College, he becomes president, boom, we can do that in every state, we will take control. No, no more democracy. And in that case, then the blue states start getting angry, and then I I don't even know what to get into, because that would be a whole constitutional crisis. People would get angry, there'd be riots. I mean, that's like not democracy. That'd be stuff you see in third world countries happening in America because there's a political party who's trying to do away with democracy in order for them to stay in power. We get it! That's what they're trying to do. So it's also important to get off the right-wing propaganda garbage and not get pulled in by those lies, those conspiracy theories, and that nonsense that they're being spread. The right-wing is spreading it on Facebook, on their Fox News, on their Newsmax, on their whatever. I don't even know. But millions of Americans already have. They've been brainwashed. They believe the conspiracy theories, even though they're not true. They have staked their claim to those. Because now they live in their own orbit. And they ain't listening to this podcast. Xander's facts. And their lives will be, and are, worse off for it. They will not be remembered kindly in history for this. Like, we usually don't look at slave owners and those who fought for the Confederacy and slavery. We usually don't look at them kindly in history. Like, you know, there's a side to be on. There's a right side to be on. And there's a clear right side to be on in this issue. And it is not the right wing. Why would you do this to me? Because that side is yikes. It's not human rights. It's not voting rights. It's me, my power, I'm self-absorbed, so I'm going to grab it. And all these things that we're talking about, well, if Republicans win the House in 2022, which right now, if the election were held today, pretty good chance they would, it's almost certain that Donnie Boy, 
will run for president again. And this time, he's probably going to bring smarter people along with him to help implement his plans, declare votes fraudulent, and illegitimately take office. At that point, that would be the end of American democracy. You hate to see it. You can go book your flight to Canada or England or wherever where they actually have a fully functioning democracy. Because in America, that wouldn't be happening anymore. That's what they're trying to do. So it's time, right now, because that is where we're at. They are planning for this to happen right now. They're planning right now. So it's time to do anything right now we can to save democracy in America. Because at this point, it is at its most fragile since the nation split up to fight over slavery. True that. Like, there is talk of literally blue states and red states splitting apart after this. Which I thought, and a lot of people are going to think, well, Sandra, that's kind of crazy. But if you actually think about it, and if you actually think what people are doing right now, that wouldn't seem so crazy. And by the way, that would end terribly for the red states because the blue states are the ones pumping in the money to the government, okay? The red states are the ones taking the money from the government. Those are the welfare states. That's all a whole other thing. We'll get into that. But let me just say to end this, at this point, it is time to denounce the Republican Party and all those in the party. It's not all of them. But it is now the majority. It is not the fringes. It is the majority of the party. Those in leadership. All those who are complicit in taking down democracy. Because that is what they are trying to do. Because if you can continue to vote for Republicans who take part in the big lie, or those who refuse to denounce or go against it, you are complicit in destroying democracy too. That's what I'm going to leave you with. That's impressive. All that stuff there. Xander, whoa. I mean, I was thinking like you were going to pick NFL games or something. This is like you're telling us American democracy is going to end. Well, maybe if we allow it to happen and there are people who are in power right now who are allowing it to happen. But I think it's pretty clear that it could happen. American democracy on the brink because of Clippy and PowerPoint. I miss Clippy. There you go. That is the podcast for this week. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. If you didn't, I don't care. And make sure to click the follow button on this podcast, download this episode, rate the podcast, review the podcast, spread the podcast, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, follow the podcast, spread the podcast, whatever. Xander's Facts, Xander with a Z. And remember, tell all your friends, Xander said American democracy is going to end. What is he talking about? Oh my gosh. Go listen to the podcast. Tell all your friends, Xander's Facts podcast. That is it. That is a wrap on episode 45 of the Xander's Facts Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see y'all with episode 46 next week. That took forever.